Hey folks, it's Jalen, and this is Go Black Boy Go, a podcast about my journey through graduate school. Each week, I will be reviewing my week with you, as well as giving a few tips on how to make the grad school application process easier. And every now and then, I'll have a few guests come on to talk about various topics about race, gender, sexuality, masculinity, and queerness. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and let's get on with this week's episode. Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, well, as you can, as you can note, it has been, um, a little while, actually, since I last, uh, put out an episode. I think that was, like, week two. That's now week nine. And I think that just goes to show, I don't know, just, like, I'm tired. I'm tired. And I... I am starting to see the kind of grueling work um, that graduate study is, um, just in terms of, like, it seems like there's an assignment or a reading one after the other, and you got to kind of balance all of that, and then I get, I guess my my biggest thing is that. Um, I don't know when to take breaks. And so recently we had um, like a snow day for like the whole week. Like I, I basically didn't have a week of classes because it was snowing and um, you, uh, Eugene isn't really equipped to deal with snow. Um, and so um, I was just basically stuck. I couldn't use the bus because um, the bus routes were altered and I definitely couldn't drive because I don't I don't even know how to walk in snow so um so you know during that time I was like okay I can take this time to work on my my assignments my um final projects and you know I I during during the like work process I mean I I take breaks when I work I do like 50 minute increments of work but it got to a point to where like I was like drinking a lot of coffee and like not being able to go to sleep and then when I would go to sleep I would like wake up in the middle of the night like uh, like with my adrenaline pumping and like I was like frightened um like, you know how, like, when you wake up, like, after a nightmare, it was, like, that waking up like that, except I didn't have a nightmare. And so, I was, like, I was, like, oh, like, is this what anxiety and stress is? And, um, you know, I, I mean, I did, did some Google searches, um, and, I mean, if they're telling the truth, I mean, I guess this is what stress and anxiety is, um, and I guess it, it, for me, it came from just constantly thinking about my papers, um, just because just constantly like just and even even when I do, I did even when I did take breaks, um, I was always like 
constantly thinking about the paper. And I guess something I need to get better at is compartmentalizing um, just aspects of my of my life, uh, of my work life, um, just so I can like actually like have like a break from um, my projects and like actually have a life. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I, I, so now looking back on it, I do think I was kind of just overworking myself because I mean, I didn't have school for the whole day. So I basically spent the whole day working on my paper. I think I like clocked maybe, I mean, I, I one day I got up at eight, um, and then I worked, until maybe 11 um taking breaks in between but still like really engaged with with the work for that long and I mean I got a lot of stuff done but looking looking back on it and then I and then I got up and I got up and um I did about the same amount of work um as I did the day before and I kind of did that for four days straight and in the midst of doing all of that, I was getting frustrated because I wasn't, I mean, I still don't have a thesis for uh, one of my papers, the paper on um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I got stressed about that. Um, and so when like, that stuff started happening where I was like waking up frightened and my my like left arm was doing this weird thing where it was tingling and twitching and um I looked that up on Google and they said it might have something to do with stress and anxiety and I'm just like well damn I guess I'm stressed and anxious um and maybe I need to like you know do something different and so I've kind of just created a schedule um of things that I need to get done and how much of it I need to get done and I'm really gonna push myself to just meet like so I have about three to four writing sessions per day and I'm really gonna push myself to get a lot of writing done and and so so that I can feel like I feel accomplished and I'm gonna make sure I don't try to do anything past that because um going like going into going past what i've set i think that's where it gets into um you know obsessive and to where it like starts to affect my mental health um so yeah uh yeah and i suppose it's it's good that i'm catching this now that I'm catching these unhealthy behaviors now and um so that I can just know what to do um when I feel myself getting stressed or how to prevent getting stressed to the point to where my body reacts in certain ways um so yeah so that's me rambling about um me overworking myself okay so my papers like I said for my paper on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt doesn't have a thesis yet, but 
in the midst of writing, attempting to write the introduction, I ended up close reading a whole part of of um, I, I, having a sec- I ended up writing a full section, and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be my intro, and then I wrote it all, and I was like, oh, maybe this can't be my intro. It's too long, and I'm like actually close reading something, and so for that paper, I'm looking at how Titus Andromedon is re- represented as a mammy, and I think I might have talked about this on the last episode but i'm wanting to um yeah i'm wanting to discuss how he's represented as a mammy through um through how he performs heterosexuality and how he um how he engages with um straight white men on the show um what I kind of see is that there are moments where Titus has to quote unquote act straight and it's out of, it's usually out of protection for his white female friends or it's usually to get a job that doesn't really exist. Or there are some moments where there is one particular moment in the fourth season where he dates a straight actor so that that actor can have uh, get more publicity because um, in the episode it's shown that it's cool to have gay rumors about you. Um, and so in all of these instances, I'm seeing that how I'm seeing how Titus's sexuality and race and those two things are linked, how they're um, how how this show is using him uh, making him fungible um which is to say he 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 can rep he can be i'm looking at it from he can be like anything that the show um needs him to be and in this case because he is juxtaposed by a large like three three of his close white female friends i think it renders him a mammy because if we think about like the cinematic image of the mammy, the mammy's always placed um, in the domestic space, so the plantation, the kitchen, um, and she's always paired with the white, um, her white child that she takes care of. So we think of um, Gone with the Wind and Mammy and Scarlett O'Hara and their relationship, how Mammy kind of um, dresses her and, and keeps her in check and. Um, make sure she's doing the right thing. And I'm sort of seeing that with Titus, how um, just just from the lens of protecting, um, like, the white woman. Um, so, yeah. So that's what I'm attempting to talk about in that paper. I'm taking a break from working on it for a while because, um, like I said, I was getting stressed uh, about it because... I don't really have a thesis, Um, although I think I just kind of argued my point. I just haven't, like, written it down yet. So that's what's going on with that one. My other paper for my archive class um, is on Oregon's first black student. And it's really interesting because they, she doesn't have, the university doesn't have any of her own materials no letters or photos or anything and so 
what I've been doing is finding things online and kind of putting them together to try to construct a narrative about her experiences in Eugene when she was here. When she was in Eugene, she was the, she was the only black person in Eugene at the time. And I'm really interested in that period of her life because it seems like it was so foundational because after she kind of stays in Eugene, she leaves to go get her degree at University of Washington. She comes back and moves to Portland um, where she organizes um, a black uh, a black branch of the Young Women's Christian Association. Um, and this is in 1921 at the same time that the KKK is organizing like 30 minutes away. Well, organizing all around the state of Oregon, but about 30 minutes away from um, where Bird is. And so, I don't know, it's just a really interesting period in her life. And um, there, she's, I mean, there aren't any biographies on her. There's like nothing that I can really base all of this off of. But in finding these different materials, I've kind of understood um, a little bit about her life during that time. And so my paper will try to make sense of how bringing all these materials can together can um, lead us to understand what Burr's experience was like in Oregon when she was here. Um, so yeah, so that that paper I'm not really like stressed about because it seems very straightforward. And, um, yeah, it's not, I guess I feel less pressure about that paper because it's something I, I know I'm doing for a class, whereas the paper about Titus and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is more of the scholarship that I want to continue doing. Um, and the theorists that I'm using in that paper, um, theorizing about fungibility and black gender and sexuality are things that I want to continue doing. And so I guess... I put I've been putting added pressure on myself to um, work on that one a little bit more um, and in doing that I think uh, I've kind of just st like really stressed myself out so I'm giving that one um, a few days off from looking at it and I'm gonna start working on the um, bird paper more and um, trying to get that done and then going back to working on the um the Titus paper and what I've kind of did was I kind of just created a kind of weekly schedule that I want to get done so I made like a little excel sheet and I've um I've just put like okay I have the assignments for the week and then I have like future assignments and um, off to the side, I have a work schedule where I kind of list things that I want to get done in a space to mark when I've completed it. Um, and I all and then sometimes I forget that I have other assignments. And so I'll complete those and I'll add them onto onto the sheet. And I think this is this has actually been very helpful for me because it's showing me that I'm actually getting stuff done because usually I'll be like, I'll, usually I'll do a lot of work and I'll be like, I feel like I didn't get anything done, um, even though I've done all of this work. And then that's when the stress comes in. So um, 
I think really for me really mapping out um, the things I've done and how much of it things I need to get done and how much of it is completed I think has been um, really helpful to me because it's shown me that I'm actually doing work and I'm not just like you know procrastinating um, like I think I am um, and I actually think I, ju- I actually don't think I um, reward myself enough or give myself enough credit for the work that I've actually done and I need to break that habit like very quickly because I feel like it will it will come destructive if I don't um, reward myself and tell myself, you know, look, you've done enough work. You've done good work. Um, so, yeah, I know I'm just rambling to y'all, but, um, yeah, I mean, this these are things that have just been on my mind, and I thought I'd share them. Uh, okay, so another thing that possibly adds to the stress is the overwhelming amount of racism um, and I can't say that I've directly experienced homophobia, but it is something always on my radar, whether or not um, that's going to be an issue I'm going to deal with. For instance, um, I finally, I finally like found a black men's group that meets um, on campus. And so uh, one of the men um, uh, who I've met, a, a couple times ha- invited me to um one, one of their events they were going to bowling and I was like oh okay that's that sounds cool I'd be interested to go but I want to know if they have any black gay men in their group or if they're comfortable with black gay men if I'm gonna like hear anything homophobic or sexist and I, j- I really don't want to deal with that and so um I, e- I emailed the guy and I was like hey like are there any black gay members in this group or um, would the group be comfortable with a gay black gay member um, in it? And just the fact that I had to ask that question kind of annoyed me because it's like, you know, I just found a group of men who I could hang out with and I still have to ask, I still have to wonder if I'm going to be accepted in this group. And I, I didn't hear anything back from 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 the from the guy and so I really don't know what to make of that I don't know if he saw the email and was then ignored it I don't know if the email what if the email didn't go through I don't know it's a lot to speculate but I, I I'm making a point to prioritize um, my safety um, because grad school is already stressful and then adding different identity marginalized identity markers on top of that makes it a lot more stressful um and so going back to the racism it hasn't been like people you know saying words like the n-word or saying things that are racist it's racist actions or like everyday interactions and the best way I can illustrate what I've been experiencing is my relationship with 
white women on campus. So for instance, I TA for this one class and I always sit in the back and before this, um, there was a white woman who used to sit in the back as well. And now she like, every time she walks in, she like makes it a point to like not sit by me. And for some reason, she uh, we always make eye contact and she kind of like looks away and it's just like, okay, girl, I don't know what's going on with you. Um, just in general, walking on the sidewalk when there are like white sorority women um, walking, they always kind of like push you off the sidewalk. And before I didn't notice it, but then now I started picking up on it. And so every time I see them and I know they're not going to move over, I just kind of like stop right in the middle of the sidewalk and pull out my phone because it, it definitely is like a power thing. And it's just like, no, I shouldn't have to move over for you. We can share this sidewalk. Um, and so, and then, and then I was working with one student and they were doing a paper on, on black English and Spanglish and how people who speak those languages form community. And in the midst of them talking, um, they were like, um, yeah, I just love the way they, and I, and when she said they, uh, she was referring to black people. I just love the way they speak. It just sounds so cool. And, you know, you guys, and I guess she was gesturing to me because I'm black. She said, you guys um, always make things sound so cool and make, um, like, turn a bad situation into a good one and... And I don't know, like, it was a weird situation because, one, I mean, besides that, those few comments, it was a very good tutor session, but it was like, okay, do I need to tell her that this is um, racist, it's fetishizing, it's um, making blackness, like, fashion and not really looking at black people as people or do I just kind of let her just ramble and move on to the next thing and of course I chose the latter because I don't really like to um I, I wasn't in the mood to um give her give her my extra labor um because I was there to to um tutor her and not lecture her on race and racism and so um after she said all that, we kind of just moved on. Um, and then she she asked me um, if it was okay if, if for her to say black in her paper. And I said, well, why wouldn't you think it's okay? And she was like, I, don't, I just don't want it to sound weird. Um, and I was like, oh, you don't want it to sound racist. And she's like, yeah, I don't want it to sound racist. I was like, well, it won't sound racist. I mean, you're talking about black English. I mean... I mean, black people speak black English and, you know, African-American doesn't really cover um, all black people. So uh, black people, black would kind of just be the word that you can use. And she's like, oh, okay. And so interestingly, after that, I had that appointment, um, I got a email from 
my boss saying that a student complained about a session that they had with me previously and he was like I mean I'm gonna ignore this because I know your work and I know you're um a great tutor blah 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 but if you want to talk about it you know we can talk about it and just make sure that you're like being like uh giving the students what they need and making them feel um not making them feel like um like they're not able to uh write pretty much and I was like I don't know I I don't I mean I don't typically like diminish students intelligence when I when I talk to them um or at all because I don't I what 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 would I get out of that and so I I was just I've, I've just been wondering if it was that person um who I did that essay with if she was the one I guess maybe I said something she didn't like and then she reported me but I don't know it's not it's not I guess I can't really assume um but yeah it's little small things like that I'm there's a bunch of others and um but those are the two that I can remember now and they've all involved white women and so I'm just wondering what is this thing with white women and gay black men like this power relationship between the two groups um, and this kind of relates to my interest in looking at the Titus and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and how, like, he's kind of used by white women and how that relationship plays out. I don't have the answers, but hopefully, um, hopefully I will explore them more closely one day. But yes, and also it's just um, very overwhelming to not see people who look like you and to not see people who um share your same experiences and yeah I I, it's just been that part has been really hard um I've thought about reaching out to the chapter of my fraternity here and again I just I don't want to I don't want to deal with homophobia and I know this campus culture from the men I've seen um yeah I know that that would be a possibility but I don't know I I I could maybe I need to try to um maybe I need to try to find more groups I don't know but then again that's just like I don't know extra time and work I don't know I'm just I no I'm not complaining these are valid these are valid things and it's just hard. It's just speaking to, I think that just really speaks to how hard um, grad school is for part people of color, queer people of color. Um, so yes. On some uh, lighter lighter note, on a lighter note, um, my boyfriend actually got into the teaching program here at Oregon, and so. He will be moving up here, and I'm actually really happy about that because maybe, like, no, he'll definitely keep me sane when he's up here, and, like, yeah. Maybe that was, like, the piece that I was missing, like, having my boyfriend be here, having someone to vent to um, 24-7, and, yeah, so really excited for him to get up here and to figure out the rest of everything also I am moving in 
with um, a good friend of mine that I've made uh, so far um, here, and we're hopefully going to be, hopefully, no, we are going to find a house that's closer to campus so that I can either walk to campus or take one bus to campus so it won't be on this side of town. Um, and so, yeah, so that that has actually been an adventure um, because it seems like the housing market here is like really weird because it's like people want you to move in immediately and um we need a place in july so i don't know i think as it gets closer to time it'll be easier for us to find somewhere i think we're having a hard time now because it's so far away to where we need somewhere to live um so yeah so those are those two things I want to turn now to some um, some like tips about um, receiving acceptances from universities and weighing your options a little bit. So I know this is the time where people are getting acceptance letters um, for for those that have applied this year, um, and people are starting to make decisions about um, what programs they want to go visit and what programs they eventually they ultimately want to go to and so um i thought i'd kind of just give sort of my own thoughts about this um but there are like excellent threads about this on twitter that i can hopefully find and um post somewhere but don't don't uh don't take that as a promise because i definitely might forget um so one of the first things that I was always told from being a, a McNair scholar was that you don't, you shouldn't have to pay to go to grad school. And so with many programs, um, many good programs, they'll offer you full tuition, like tu tuition remission, which means they pay for your whole tuition and they give you a monthly stipend. That's usually like the in health insurance. That's usually like the main package. Um, so those are the, that's the kind of thing that I would kind of shoot for or um, see if you can eventually get that kind of uh, deal or that kind of package where they um, pay for your tuition, give you health insurance, and you get a monthly stipend which I think most programs are going to be like that, at least for PhD programs. Um, a lot of the programs, a lot of the master's programs I applied to, um, these were master's programs where you reapply into the PhD program. A lot of them were funded and did give a stipend, but a lot of them didn't really have health insurance um, or they had um, not good health insurance or at least I think it was um, a little bit more expensive. Like for this health insurance that I have, I don't really pay anything and it's apparently like really good. I think it might be the best, um, one of the best in the country, I think. And so um, those are three things that I think you should look for. Tuition, remission, healthcare, and monthly stipend. Um, next thing, you wanna try to see what how you're going to get out to how you're going to move 
um, like from the place you're at to the place you want to go. Um, and so you want to think, am I going to fly? Am I going to drive? Am I going to take the bus? Am I going to take a train? Where's all my stuff going to go? Am I going to sh- box it up and ship it? Am I going to stuff it all in my car? <laughs> um, like I did. I literally just, I stuffed everything in my car, drove it up here, and then I just bought my furniture when um, I got here. And unfortunately, I did that on a credit card that I'm still trying to pay off. But um, I think it was the cheapest option for me to do. Um, just, just because, um, one, I didn't have a bed of my own. <laughs> So I needed a bed. Um, and for the other things, um, well, actually, I didn't really have any furniture because I was living in a dorm room for five years. So, yeah. Yeah. So that just kind of just made sense for me to just, just pack all the clothes I had. Clothes and books were the most things I had. And um, drive it up here and then buy my furniture when I got here. And that was pretty um, simple and easy for me. Um, but for some folks, you know, they might have to move their, you know, everything like their, their whole house pretty much. And so I guess you, you'd want to kind of weigh the options on how far the trip is going to be, how much it's going to cost and what, what exactly am I going to, how exactly am I going to move up there? Like, um, so yeah. Um, the third thing that you'd want to look for is um the environment of the program so um you want to be asking grad students you know is this a competitive program like how do grad students usually treat each other um and you know if you want a competitive competitive program you know good for you like you know and that's if the school's competitive that competitive amongst the grad students I mean that might be the place for you but for me I don't I didn't want that and um I don't think that if grad students I mean if if programs are competitive I don't think that grad students are going to say that they are because I don't think they're going to realize it and so something that really drew me to Oregon is when I asked that question um the students responded by talking about just the community that's that's formed around grad students and um the, and you can kind of tell when a program's not um competitive when um a first year is you know friends with like someone who's very well along in the program and there's still that kind of like they, they have like a friendship and a mentor mentee relationship. And so, um, little small things like that, where you can clearly see their efforts to, uh, that grad students are forming a community. Um, you can kind of pick up on that and kind of see, you know, if they're telling truth, if, if the program really is competitive or not, or if it's like everyone's like supports each other. Um, yeah, you can really, tell by that and unfortunately you can only tell this by going to go um, visit the school and so this is definitely something you want to consider when this is a school that you want to um, 
go visit and where where you're like down to your your final um, offers. Um, for me, I it was between Oregon and um, UC Riverside, and I was gonna go visit both of those schools, but. I ultimately decided to go visit Oregon um, just because um, the they prof- there were professors here that I really wanted to work with, and they seem the program seemed a little bit more flexible with um, what I wanted to do in film and media, and so um, I chose to come to Oregon. And yeah, so but but I guess what I'm getting at is that you want to start trying to visit schools um when you're like down to your the couple of ones when you've like rejected all your other ones and when you're down to the wire like when you're like okay i need to make a decision like soon um and so when you go and on that trip you want to um look for how the environment is um around the grad students and how the environment is around the professors and how the professors um, treat grad students. Um, and yeah, you can kind of, I guess with all of this, just trust your gut, you know? There's no way to truly know the truth or to know how um, the program, how people actually function with each other around the program. Cause I mean, everybody's gonna be putting on a performance because they want you to come to that school. But um, just trust your gut and just kind of be observant of everything um so yeah all right the so yeah so environment and then uh how how are the people there um which is something that again it's just something that you can't really uh like know for sure but again just trust your gut um and then my final thing is, you know, assess whether you belong, um, in the program or not in the program. Um, and I specify in the program because, you know, while I feel like I belong in the program, I don't have any like qualms about the program. It's the state that I have a problem with and the people in the state. Um, so I, and those were things like problems with the state were things that I didn't think I was going to have. Um, just, just like the culture and like the, the fake liberalism and and that type of stuff. Um, those are things that I didn't, I, I, there was no possible way to understand that I was going to experience when I got here. Um, but in terms of the program, yeah, I don't really have, um, those type of issues in the program. And so I would say, yeah, think about whether you belong in that program and, who do you who do you who do you see yourself um communicating with being friends with um if you can find that out or like how like how are you treated when you were there do you feel like they would once you did off accept an offer do you feel like they would you know treat you the same or do you feel like it was on an act and again these are things that you know, you want to kind of trust your gut on. Um, and they're not really like one way or another to determine, you know, if this is really real, you know, or 
yeah i think i've explained enough on that um so yeah those are those are a few things that i think um folks should look at when they're um going to go look at programs and um thinking about uh programs to accept or whatnot and yeah so um i appreciate y'all tuning into this episode um an episode that has been long overdue and hopefully I cannot make any promises that I'll be releasing an episode anytime soon, but hopefully um, my rant and rambling was helpful in some way. And um, to those that are uh, going to go, to those that are going to go look at programs who are being accepted into graduate school, I wish you well again. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. Hey folks, it's Jalen. Head on over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. And if you have any suggestions or comments about the show, you can send those to me through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can email them to me. And the links to all of those are in the description. Don't forget, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and Podbean. And the links to those are in the description as well. Thank you once again for listening to Go Black Boy Go.